You ever watch Temptation Island? Uh, no. Oh, you're missing out. It's a good show. It's not Eliminate or The Fifth Wheel or anything like that, but it, uh, you remember those? Did you ever watch those? Which one? Fifth Wheel and Blind Date? That was all like on UPN and shit. Yeah, they'd come on at night, like back to back. I love yep. those. That was like, that's when UPN actually had content. I, I don't even know. Well, obviously, the UPN is not even around anymore. But didn't yeah. they change it to the C? It's the CW now. No, CW was the WB network. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Wait, no, no, didn't no. They joined. Turn into they UPN? joined. Yeah. No, they uh C or uh W or uh UPN and WB joined or something like that, and then they made that's when they made CW, I think. The WB with the frog and yeah, all the black TV shows used to come on like Friday nights. <laughs> it was it was like Robert Townsend, Flex Flex Alexander show. Flex Alexander one on one. <laughs> yes, Kyla Pratt. Oh shit. That's funny. This is just a throwback Thursday intro to boot to the face. Comparatively speaking to the macho man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Again, going through those roads. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. It's showtime, folks. This is episode 53. Boot to the face. I'm your host, Chris Rucker, and I'm here with Marty Vasquez. In a week that was not a lot of newsworthy in wrestling, but we will try to make it as entertaining as possible. Marty, what's happening? Uh, not much, man. I mean, got a lot of wrestling. Got a hangover. Not really. Just did some drinking last night. Disneyland. Or outside Disneyland. Um... That's been pretty quiet. But stuff, All right. right. So answer me this, because I see this a lot. And I'm not talking shit. I'm just asking. Is it not weird that people that don't have kids go to Disneyland as like grownups and get shit faced drunk? Because I'm not just saying you. I'm saying like I see a lot of people. Hell, I see Zack Ryder and Chelsea Green doing it like every weekend at Disney World. So I don't get drunk at Disneyland. There's uh, like out here that have like downtown Disney, which leads into Disneyland, and it's like restaurant row, bars, and stuff like that. So it's not actually Disneyland, but it's like it's there's like like Ballast Point has a brewery on this run of of stores that run into Disneyland. So that's where we were at. Um, as far as like getting drunk at Disneyland, no, I mean I've had drinks there. It's, it's not well, I haven't had any drinks at Disneyland, but California Adventure. And we do that there, but that's kind of like the setting of that place. It's, it's a, like a giant pier. So it's not like a – like it's just like if you go to Santa Monica. So drinking on that is just kind of like yeah, you're at the beach kind of day. Um, but going to like going to Disneyland theme parks by like as an adult with no kids, 
I have no problem. I don't see what the issue is. I think it's fantastic. You get to go on a single rider lines. You don't got to worry about any fucking nose pickers that are causing to me a scene and trauma and fucking tantrums and shit and begging for a balloon or a churro and just fucking go on a ride. A churro. Fucking hey, man. Like, oh, you want to go ride a Peter fucking Pan for the fifth time? Guess what? No, I'm going to go fucking ride Space Mountain again. Oh. You want to go wait for an hour and a half to get on Pinocchio? Yeah, I'm going to go ride 25 minutes and get on to Indiana Jones. Uh, I'm just saying. like, I don't see the issue with it. Um, there's, if you think about it this way, the, most of the congestion that happens at Disney World, Disneyland is because of all the damn crib midgets and all the damn strollers that are parked outside the rides. And if it wasn't for all those, I mean, here's the thing. It's the ones that bring like the infants like the babies to the theme park that need to check themselves. Like, why the fuck are you bringing a baby to a fucking theme park? There's no point. I don't know, Mario. I just oh, asked if it was weird that people without kids go to Disney World. I didn't know this was going to turn into a whole, like, you hate babies debate. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> Mark, fuck your kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, do they still have Paramount's Great America out there? That was out there when I lived in California. What? Paramount's Great America. The hell is that? It was a theme park that was uh well you you named another one earlier, um, that made me think of it. California Adventure. Yeah. Which is Disneyland, the second park. Well, when I lived in San Jose and San Diego and all that, they had Paramount's Great America, which was a uh, you know the movie People Paramount. Like you oh okay. Kind of like Universal. Yeah. Um, I've I never can't seen remember, that. Place. I lived in like three parts of California when I was a kid though, so I don't remember which part it was in. But I do remember it was, it was the theme park that was local for us. I don't know if that's in San Jose or not. Maybe uh, maybe your boy Damien can answer that for us. I wonder if he's going to New Japan. I meant to ask him that. I don't know, man. But the other day when I was at SmackDown, I fucking texted him like, "Dude, you live like ten minutes away. Why the hell is your ass not here right now?" And he's like, "Oh, I, I did By the time I thought about it, I'm like, "Fucker, you live down the street." How the hell are you not got downtown to... L.A.? Damien got that money, don't he? Well, no. He, I mean, technically, he lives in, like, Orange County. But even then, it's like, I live out. Orange I live County, the only people I know from Orange County are fucking the Bullet Club. The original Bullet Club, the O.C. Them and Ryan and what's oh, her name? Shit. Marissa. Marissa. I was, like, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, they're not. Summer. What was the girl's name that Ryan dated when Marissa got killed? Which, by the way, was my favorite death on TV was Marissa dying. She was annoying as fuck. Um, I can't remember her name. She was crazy, though. And I, she was my favorite character on that show. Yes, I watched the OC. I Dawson, watched... Oh, dude. I totally watched the OC. I'm not even gonna lie. But we've had this conversation before. You know, when I got out of high school, I worked a night job at Budweiser. And I would, huh. Dawson's Creek would come on a two-hour block like every morning, and I would record that shit on my VCR and watch it when I got home. I watched the entire season. Like, I'm not proud of it, but I did. It was decent too. I didn't watch it when it was on. I watched it like years and years after it was off TV, and it was just reruns. Uh, the OC. Dawson's Creek. Oh, Dawson's Creek. I, I'm not gonna lie. I've never watched Dawson's Creek. I didn't until like I just happened to stumble upon it. Like MTV had a show called Spider Games, and then when uh when the Twin Towers got knocked down, it stopped airing. So I needed something to watch, and I ended up watching Dawson's Creek. I'm not proud of it. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. As my daughter would say, "Don't judge me." 
<laughs> that's her new thing now. Don't judge me. Nice. That's, All right, that, so the first... That's an eight-year-old attitude coming out right there. Yeah, already. Eight going on 22. So let's go ahead and get into some wrestling. Um, news broke earlier this week that Eric Bischoff is out and Bruce Pritchard is in. And everybody that's on Bruce Pritchard's balls from being in a Conrad Thompson podcast thinks he's just going to save the day. I got news for him later when we talk about SmackDown. Uh, what do you think about... <laughs> From what I remember, didn't Bischoff like pack his entire house up from Wyoming and like move across country to Connecticut, and then like seven months later he's fired? Um, Has even been seven months? It's been it's been a while because remember they they announced Brock. Well, they just, and, I thought you just announced that shit like three months ago. Well, no, I shouldn't say seven months. It's been like it was a little summertime. while after Mania. It was a little after Mania. Yeah, but it's October. It's been at least five. Put it like that. Damn, I didn't realize it's been that long. Yeah, it's been a minute, and nothing's really changed that I've known about or that I've seen, that I've noticed. Like, you remember they had one really good Raw, and everybody's like, see, Paul Heyman's in charge. And then Raw went back to sucking, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's because Heyman doesn't really have any power. He's got to answer the Vince. Because, you know, everybody sitting at their house doing a podcast knows the inner workings of what goes on backstage at WWE, like, and they can all do it better. Yeah. Um, well, and like when you look at when Heyman first came back on TV, it, it was like three weeks in a row where Brock was there. And so people thought, oh, shit's going to change. Shit's going to change. Shit didn't change. It's more of the same. Like, it's the exact same shit. It has nothing. Personally, we're going to get into it. I feel like this draft made shit even worse, to be honest with you. Um, Hold on one second, because I have this shit pulled up so I can remember what. I felt like there was a lot of people that were drafted that didn't need to be drafted. And there was a lot of people that should have been drafted that weren't drafted. Especially, like, the fa- unless they're going to have something, something come up that's going to, like, push them into a feud. But, like, they've been building up AOP. And I'm not a fan of AOP, but they've been building them up and they still didn't draft them. Like, what the hell? I, I get <laughs> that. They've been doing it on both sides. Um, they fucking split up. Our truth and Carmella, like what the hell? That that's been one of your like your biggest go tos. That's been success since day one, and you guys are gonna split them up. Given I know that truth can go on both with the title, um, so they're gonna have interaction there. But I'm guessing that means that we're just I was one just figuring out trying to think that things are gonna change. But I'm guessing that means that Cole and and Corey are stuck on SmackDown for good now. Then is that what I'm saying? That's fucking bullshit. Like that, that should have been a trade. And I'm sorry, Raw. Raw is the flagship show. It really is. So you should have your A team on there. Uh, I know this is kind of like not really part of the draft, but Jerry Lawler needs to go. He he just he just doesn't fit in there anymore. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like there was. I mean, I don't know. The draft just didn't seem like it did much. The fact they split up Bray and Rollins, and yet they still have a feud going, that's what bothers me. That They keep doing this feud shit, and then they do a draft, and they let the feud still go. Like, if that's the case, just end that shit. There's no reason to keep it going for no reason at all. Uh, I think the women's division in SmackDown has now become, like, development like 2.0 because you got your top-tier talent, your main stars on Raw, and then you have 
everybody else who's trying to be an up and comer and trying to get their spot back on the top tier on on SmackDown. And then you have all the women that just aren't anywhere. Um, so I don't think they did the women any good by by doing this draft for the women. Um, so I think there's a lot of misses in overall. My issue with the draft was I talked about it yesterday on social media. I was listening to um, East Coast cast and a guy called in and he was like, they have the network. Why put the draft on TV where you got wrestling in the middle of it and Stephanie comes out and does it real fast and you go to another match? Why not have the draft on the network like the NFL does their draft where every and like how they used to do the draft on Raw? You have everybody in the locker room and you have a real draft. The people walk out. They put the little SmackDown hat on. They might cut a promo. And I took it a step further and said, if you're going to go that route and put it on the network, why not have the people in charge of Raw and and USA Network people and the people in charge of SmackDown and Fox people make it a legit draft? Like, one of y'all flip a coin, you get to pick first, and we're going to go back to back for, like, 50 picks. And it's a legit draft. There's no... We'll write the storylines after y'all pick y'all's team. That, to me, would have been so much better and so much more interesting because, you know, Fox could have picked people that you never would have thought. They're, or what happens if the Universal Champion and the WWE Champion are on the same show? WWE has to figure that shit out some kind of way. Instead, this was so predictable and, I don't know, to me, to me it just sucked overall. I don't want to be too negative yet, but it sucked. Yeah, and that that makes I mean the whole the network and having a draft on the network that is that's a good idea. I mean, you look at the NFL and any, any major sports, they have their draft and then they have their preseason and their season. They don't have let's have preseason and then we'll do a draft between each game and split the draft up between the preseason games. They do it all at once. And by the fact that you don't have NXT on SmackDown or on um the network anymore, you're getting less views and less traffic to the network. By having a showcase like the draft on the network, you're bringing traffic and views and clicks to your website and to your, your, your streaming site. So that, that makes sense to do it that way instead of co- clouding up the, the show that people are tuning in to watch wrestling and storyline. Um, especially, yeah, like you said, you have Stephanie McMahon out there and – you, you can do so much more by showcasing. That's like saying, hey, you know what? We're going to do the Hall of Fame, but we're going to do each speech between matches. <laughs> you don't do that shit. So, they technically yeah. did this year when that guy ran out there to fuck up Bret Hart and got <laughs> his is, ass whooped. That is true. That is true. Fucking <laughs> uh, Dash whooped. knocked his ass out. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, no, having a draft like that, like, like an isolated showcase, that would actually be pretty cool. And I would actually probably tune into that more so – than um, taking up time on Monday or Friday. And then you do it all at once. You don't split it up over two episodes. Yeah, just make it a little three-hour special on the network. It's on the network, so I could tune into it whenever I wanted to. I'd probably watch it live. You have it on like a Saturday night or something like that. Um, and then Monday mo- Monday night, you just start your new rosters are fresh. The guys are going where they're going. The girls are going where they're going. And there you go. Um Excuse me. NXT this week wasn't very eventful, so we'll talk about that before we talk about AEW. Not eventful. We got Damian Priest. Hot damn. 
Well, he was there last week and the week before. Yeah, but the, he was just there for like a point, and like that was it. He wasn't there. He actually had a match this week. He's had a match a couple times. Uh, this, but this was I'm, his first I'm match you, on TV. No, it wasn't. He wrestled yeah, it was. their first. He's wrestled a couple times. You haven't been they, watching. You've been fast forward now. They've only been on NXT for three weeks, or on TV for three weeks. They've been on TV for Four five weeks. weeks. Four weeks. They were on TV two weeks before AEW started, and well, he wrestled. He wrestled twice on there. He had squash it? matches, and then he attacked Pete Dunne last week, which made the match for this week. I don't remember him having any matches. Would you I just? Watched, I watched would you just trust me? Okay, my bad. He had squash matches, and he did his little bow and arrow thing where the screen lights up, which is dope as shit. <laughs> yeah, it um, is. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a lot. Hold on, it's a lot better than uh, Roman Reigns' punch to like let the fucking pyro go off, which was delayed as fuck. Oh man, <laughs> um, Roman. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even have that down in the notes. But I thought about this when I was watching it. Pete Dunne ran through everybody in NXT UK for like two years, and then he comes to NXT and he's eating pinfalls left and right. Like, I mean, are they just? Is NXT UK basically NXT and NXT basically the main roster? So when you go from that one and come to this one, you're just basically not as good as you were at the other brand. That make I know it was confusing as hell, but you know if you get what I'm trying to say. No, no, I, I, I absolutely, I think, I think so. Um, not only that, but at the same time, I think that by being Pete Dunne and having his long ass title reign and having like some value behind him. I feel like he could take some losses and and not be damaged, especially when you're getting him on NXT. Now, if he were to go to like SmackDown or Raw and get those losses, then it would get to the point of like, all right, uh, maybe he needs to go back to NXT. But he's on NXT, and I feel like the the value that's been built up around him over the last couple of years with, with this title, um, it, it and the fact that he's losing to people who are like new and coming up and have a history. It just it helps amplify and build value in the win to that person. And I think it helps – it's elevating those around him. Pete Dunne is essentially becoming Roman Reigns as far as using him to get other people over because he has been at the highest level as long as he has been, if that makes any sense at all. Um, so I think that it doesn't hurt him by taking some losses right now, especially if it's getting other talent up and over. So does that mean we can expect Rhea Ripley to get her ass kicked now that she's over there? Well, I mean, she kind of is in that role to where between Shayna and Io, where she probably is going to take some L's pretty soon, unfortunately. Uh, Ciampa had his first match back since his neck injury earlier this year. Fucking match. What was that? What fucking match? It was a fucking rust breaker. I mean, he's got to break his. I ropes. know, I know. They the mild thing about this was they like they showcases this match for like a week and a half, and like like this is gonna be some big match, and we all know exactly what it's gonna be. You know, they're not gonna have Champa come back after an injury and relinquishing his title. So it's obviously it was obviously gonna be what it was gonna be. It just was. And I get they had to do what they have to do. But I'm pretty sure you can have Chomp inserted anywhere with anybody. And no matter who anyone on NXT is going to help him break that ring rust, no matter what. And it's not like this is his first fucking match. 
you know he's been wrestling and have you know in this comeback without being on TV and they've been working on it. It's like they said, oh, you're healthy, cool, go and get it. You'll be on the ring next week. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I feel like they he could have just inserted him somewhere else. I'm getting, I'm kind of getting tired of these top and big talents. Um, and not even like I don't mean like big like big name either. I mean like just big talent. Um, just with these like squash matches and it's just I know the process behind it, but it's get tiresome. Like the fact that the Viking Raiders had squash matches until like two weeks ago for the last year and all these other people just nonstop squash matches. You know, even Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin still do squash matches with local talent. What's the purpose? It's obnoxious as fuck. Like just let them insert obviously we know what Champa can do. Put him in the match. Just just put him in the in the storyline. Let's do it. Well, the point of the squash match, Marty, is what we just talked about. If you don't have squash matches, then you got guys like Pete Dunne that there are they aren't doing anything with that are gonna have to wrestle guys like uh damn it, I can't Damian Priest, who they're pushing, clearly. They're gonna have to go up against people like that. So somebody's got to lose. So if Damian Priest is not doing a squash match, he has to go up with somebody against somebody else where it's a really good match, but that other person starts to lose value because at the moment they're not the ones being pushed. So the squash match is basically to let everybody know, like, hey, this guy's the truth, but we don't want to devalue somebody else while doing it because then you end up having Dolph Ziggler where he loses so much and makes everybody look so good that when it's his time to when you don't really believe it and don't really get behind it because he's just used as enhancement talent but has a bigger name. Yeah, no, so, I, mean, I, I I get that. I know I know what a squash match yeah. is. So Well yeah. I wouldn't I'm saying you didn't. I'm just No, saying. I know you don't. I know, but I'm saying someone's gonna hear him like, oh he doesn't fucking know what squash match is. No bitch, I know what the fucking squash match is. Don't fucking <laughs> at me with that shit. But I, I I kinda like squash matches. Like I like to see a guy come out like Braun. Yes. I don't mind seeing if Braun in a squash fight. match because I don't want to see Braun wrestle. So if he comes out and his entrance is longer than his match, I'm fucking cool with that. Do a couple cool moves, throw some poor son bitch around, <laughs> run him through the guardrail, hit your move, scream out, get these hands, and get your ass off my TV. Because and, that's, you're not- and that's the thing about Braun's like he should be the one having squash matches, not fucking Ciampa. I mean, come on. Ciampa just wants to let you know he's coming back to get Goldie. We know he's coming back. We knew he was coming back last week when he came out and fucking sat. Yeah. In the- and so he's he's yeah. proving a point that, hey, I'm not to be fucked with right now. Like, I'm back, as Eric Bischoff would say, I'm back and better than ever. It's Moscow Chomp, ain't nothing to fuck with. Moscow Chomp, ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> but I, can we just for a second talk about how good NXT's storytelling is that Chompa basically tried to kill the number one baby face like a year ago, and now everybody loves him? Yeah. He spoiled... Avengers when he said that Spider-Man died. He tweeted out that Spider-Man got killed in Avengers <laughs> after watching day, the movie. And people still day, love it. That's still got to be one of the biggest heel moments of all time. Yeah. Tell MJF shit. to do that. Don't tell MJF <laughs> to go around knocking people's hats off. Oh, tell him to tweet God. the spoilers to the Avengers movie. That's a heel move. No, you want fucking... We're, we're in October. December's right around the corner. Fucking ruin everybody's Christmas. And tell the spoiler to Star Wars. That's how you fucking do that shit. That's how MGF becomes the heel of all time. Fucking ruin the final Wars Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's the final one of the saga. Jesus Christ, how many of those things they got? There's, this is going to be number nine. 
Well, this movie. is number number nine in the main saga. There's obviously like two others in in there. My son loves Star Wars. I tried to get into it. I know. It. That's fucking awesome. I tried to get into it with him. And I, I mean, I watched them all. I took him to see one or two of them, I think, at the theaters. I just, I can't keep up. Like, I, you're supposed to watch them like, you're not supposed to watch the first one first. If you're getting, if you're starting, you're supposed to watch this Number one. Four. Yeah, but the one four. you're supposed to start with, the graphics and all the technology and stuff is 10 times better than like the fourth or fifth one. It's just, it's annoying. It's annoying. It's fucking amazing. And the fact that we're a couple weeks away from getting the Mandarin on Disney Plus. Um, it's fantastic. I'm a Star Wars geek. I just am. I mean, I got an entire fucking waffle of Star Wars shit. I'm not going to lie. Anyways, uh, Champa. Ruining, ruining Avengers. <laughs> now everyone loves him. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. That just shows you how good of, just how over the dude is that. Well, Two and here's but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Yeah, there was a long transition to that point, though, because that Avengers came out in what 2018, um, and and he had the long feud with Gargano, and then and he tried Cole to kill him. Bald, he tried to right, kill his wife, then, and then all of a sudden they become best friends again. Which that's a different story about to happen right now too. But then he becomes best friends with Gargano, who's the fucking chosen one. And everyone all of a sudden flips their switch and loves the guy. He's fucking Daniel Bryan, man. Like, literally, he's fucking Daniel Bryan. The motherfucker was talking shit about everybody three weeks ago, and now he's the fucking yes movement king again. Well, and to quote a great philosopher and vegan, Daniel Bryan, wrestling fans are fickle. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. He called him fickle, and now he's about to make money of their fickleness and go back to selling yes t-shirts. Little Birdie B's got a college fund he's got to save up for. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to leave my comment to myself. Uh, let's get away from X- NXT and go to AEW, which I find myself enjoying this show more and more every week. It's just easy to watch. It's fun. The crowd atmosphere is fantastic. Um I don't know if they listened to Boot to Debate the other night when we were talking about Scorpio Sky being the the person of color on that show that could probably get the main event. But they pushed the shit out of him. He came out there in street clothes and tennis shoes and one shoe. And yeah, they messed the finish up of the, the finish of the match a little bit. But other like, than that, that, like, that, that, that finisher was bad. I'm yeah. not, it was bad. I mean, the guy was in his socks, though. I know. I know. <laughs> Everybody's not the rock that can come out there in a $300 shirt and Gucci shoes and slide across the ring and do the people's elbow. The greatest fucking people's elbow in the history of the world, by the way. Uh, To this day, Marty, to this day, I still watch that match where he refereed Triple H and British Bulldog and talked shit to him the whole match. Uh, The rock, I'm telling you, man, that's one of a kind. He got into it with Lacey Evans. What? See that? Him and Lacey Evans are going back and forth on social media. Are they really? She put like a there was a picture of the rocket some arena they were in and she put her picture over the top of it and tweeted out like you nasty. Now this looks better, blah blah blah. And he he tweeted back like Tracy or Stacy, whatever your name is, like next time. And he said something to her. But he was like being respectful about it at the end, like, you know, put a better picture of your badass self up there. And she was she said something else and 
I'm reading the comments, and one guy was like, "The Rock responded to her like she's winning," and I agreed with that. Like, oh, absolutely. She got more publicity off The Rock responding to her than she did by posting the shit about The Rock. So. I uh, well, you know what? To go to The Rock and social media, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little irritated with him post uh, SmackDown premiere. Like, I know, oh, kayfabe's dead, dude. That's not. We know that's not. You know, but they had this whole thing in the ring. And literally within moments after the match, and or not even the match, the promo, The Rock's fucking tweeting out about Baron Corbin being the man and how he, you know, respects him for letting him take those those spots and being in the ring with him and Becky and doing this. I'm like, motherfucker, you just talk shit about him. Let that shit fucking simmer real quick. Like, Marty, let's you be just real. fucking. You're not mad shit. about that. You're mad because what I've been telling you for the longest, The Rock agrees with. That Baron Corbin is the man. That's what you're mad about. If he would have did that shit to Roman Reigns or any of your other favorites, the Young Bucks or somebody like that, you'd be slurping the hell out of it because of Baron Corbin. Faces, they are faces. What does it matter? It means you're devaluing the fact that Baron Corbin's a heel. I'm like, hey man, appreciate you doing this for me. Like, bitch, he's a fucking heel. It's respect. Be a dick. dick. The Rock has let you and the world know. Let He's let everybody step. know that Baron Corbin is the truth, and y'all need to quit bullshitting and pay attention to it. You don't believe me? Ask Roman Reigns on Friday night. He got his ass whooped. Got, and Roman's got, my guy. Way, he got fucked up so bad they threw him on Hogan's team. Oh, my God. I, I'm not even going to go there with that about... Uh, matter of fact, yes, I am. How... Why are they trying to force Hogan back down our throat? They want to put all the people of color on Hogan's team. And you see Ali, what he said? No. He, he was very specific what he said. He goes, uh, I have been added, not I chose to go, yeah. to Hulk Hogan's squad. Um, no, he goes, I'm trying to think. I don't want to mess it up. He says, a real American and Hulk Hogan, because there was a picture of him and Hogan next to each other. And it said, a real American, dot, 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 and Hulk Hogan. I've been added to the Hulk Hogan team and I'm donating my pay from the Saudi Arabia show to like some charity that he's doing. I don't like Ali, but I thought that was cool of him to do that. I'm not an Ali fan though. I'm he's he annoys the shit out of me to be oh, honest. Oh, absolutely. With. Who else is on the team? Roman, Ali, Fuck Ricochet. <laughs> like Shorty fucking Shorty G. Shorty G. Oh, fuck I hate him so much right now. Like shut the fuck up. Shouty G, get the fuck out of the ring! Like, yeah, ugh. Now I want, dope. now I want Corbin to come out and just smash the shit out of him. Just fuck him up. I, I don't want him on TV. Though. You know what? Where's Jordan at? Send his ass with Jordan. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how we got all the way over here. We're supposed to be talking about AEW. Um, I had a lot of fun watching AEW this week. Like I said, it's the Scorpio Sky and SCU thing. I really hope they give them the titles. Um. What did you think about the main event, Darby Allen and Chris Jericho? Because there was a lot of there's a lot of noise this week online about how Darby Allen's a and not only Darby Allen but Jungle Boy, not Jungle Boy, uh, Marco Stunt also about how they're too small to be hanging with the big boys like they are and how unbelievable it is. Which to an extent I agree with. Um, to an extent, yes. To However, an extent, but we all know what this is. It's it's simulated fighting i i'm not gonna lie i'm not a fan of darby allen never have been um but i actually enjoyed that match 
obviously Chris Jericho is one of my favorites. But I love Jericho. Um, but I was actually I was bought into Darby Allen after this match. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. I I just I just was. Uh, maybe it's the fact he was doing shit when you really shouldn't have been doing stuff. Um, of course, it's against Jericho. But then again, he went the time limit with with Cody. Uh, I think he's building himself up a nice little repertoire of what he can do and, and what he's doing. Uh, I think eventually, I don't know if I ever see him as a champion, but I don't. I'm not opposed to him being in the title title picture. Here's what's here's what's frustrating is that the same people who are complaining about them, these smaller guys being in the title picture, are the same motherfuckers on Monday night and Friday night yelling yes with their arms in the air about Daniel fucking Bryan. You know what I mean? So that's it's just it's just ridiculous. It's Daniel Bryan's it's not, like twice the size of both of them though, and Daniel Bryan's a small guy, but he's way bigger than both. Maybe of them. heavier, but he's like three feet smaller. He's a fucking troll, man. Come on, Daniel Bryan's way bigger than Darby Allen and. I mean, I'm just saying that off what I see. Like, if we looked it up, who knows what they are. But Daniel Bryan's definitely bigger than Marco Stunt. Hell, my eight-year-old daughter is bigger than Marco Stunt. Isn't that his name? Marco Stunt? Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I didn't like your world champion is getting beat up by a guy that's 100 pounds soaking wet while he's handcuffed and needs Jack Swagger to come in and help him. So how's he supposed to? Who? Uh, Jack Swagger, if you will. Jake Hager. Whatever. Um, I'm just saying, man. You need Jack, okay. You need Jack Swagger. You need handcuffs, Jack and you Swagger's need a no ten. disqualification match, and you need Jake Hager to come out and help you beat Darby Allen. And I'm supposed to believe you can beat Cody? You beat yeah. Kenny Omega by yourself to get in the tournament. You beat Hangman Page by yourself with no outside interference, but now all of a sudden you need outside interference to beat Darby Allen. And let's be real, we know he's he's used to being handcuffed. He's dating Priscilla Kelly. You gotta look at big picture. I think there's a lot more going to happen and going on from all this, from what they're doing with this. I mean, we always talk about oh, you know, quick immediate reaction, but I feel with some things. It's all part, a piece of the bigger picture. Right. Um, and, and I think that's what Jericho is. He's the piece of the bigger picture. Um, I mean, we, we know he's the one that's there to bring the eyes to the product until they pass it on to the ones who are going to carry the product. And he's just doing his, his part to make that happen. And by having these matches with these people that nobody knows – it's building up the roster so people that when they tune in, they know who to tune in to watch when Jericho is no longer there. I, all I want is Jericho to lose the title to Cody with MJF helping and MJF to keep teasing and Cody end up turning on him. I'm telling you now, if Cody turns heel on MJF after using MJF to get the title, MJF will be the biggest babyface in wrestling because everybody loves him already. And we talked about this on the debate show. He can keep his little smug-ass attitude, but just be a face about it. That's pretty much what happened to The Rock. The Rock was the... Before he joined the corporation, when he left the Nation of Domination and and all that, Like The Rock was still an asshole. Like The, <laughs> the Rock was a dick, and everybody loved him. I think MJF could take that same trajectory. Instead of doing what everybody knows is going to happen... And turn him heel versus Cody, they should flip the script and turn Cody so, heel versus him. 
do you here's the thing I was thinking about this morning because I was rewatching some stuff. Say Cody doesn't win. Don't talk like that. And they don't do the MJF. Do you think they can have Jericho win and then set it up for Jack or Jake Hagar to turn on him and be that guy also? They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't, but they could. They could they could do a lot, but they're not gonna see that's the difference between I think their booking and WWE's booking is WWE would think something like that's gonna work. I think they're smart enough to know that shit ain't gonna work. Yeah, and that's the thing, like the the everybody like the obvious is Jer is Cody and then MJF. And so it's it's predictable, but and the I mean I guess the positive side is it's what everybody wants. And the it's the and I, I I you know that I really don't go this route, but it's the AEW fan and the fanboy that would be all over that and be fucking nutting on their screens because we knew what we were gonna get and we got it and they love it. Whereas they're the same ones who are bitching and complaining, oh, we know he's gonna win this title and we're gonna shit on Roman Reigns for it. But yet the same shit happens with Cody, who's fucking running the company. And they're all fucking on board with it. Um, that's where that's where the 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 fan irritates the hell out of me. I mean, I can't disagree with with any of it. Only the the skilled part of storytelling is knowing that the crowd knows where you're going, but you still got to get there. Like, True. if we know this is gonna happen at full gear, then weeks leading up to it, you got to take me on a ride to where I think, oh, shit, maybe this is not going to happen. And then when it does happen, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, and I pop for it. Um, to me, the the thing that's going to happen is either MJF is going to turn and stop Cody from winning or he's going to turn and take the belt from That's why I'm saying they should flip-flop it. Like, it's obvious to everybody MJF is going to turn on Cody. So I'm saying don't do it. I'm saying have Cody turn on him and have Cody, you know, Cut a promo that I've been using him this entire time, made him stop being who he really was. Blah, like they could go a million different ways with it, and I think it would work out better than just the predictable MJF turning heel on Cody. Uh-huh. That's the way I'm, and then even involve Brandy in it. Have Brandy like, like the whole thing with Flip, how Brandy was like Flip's best friend, and Cody hated his little ass. Like that, that was good storytelling. That was good stuff that had you tuned in and paying attention to every little detail of it. Um, Darby versus Jericho. What'd you think about Marco Stunt this past week? I mean, I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch that match because I'm not a fan of Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. Uh, but, my God, you can't get on social media right now without seeing fans, commentators, wrestlers, ex-wrestlers. Everybody's talking about this. The wrestlers are defending them, and the fans are shitting on them. And then you got people in the middle that are just kind of like, what the fuck do you want from me? Um, what'd you think about it? I'm not going to lie. Um, I kind of fast forwarded to that match, so I didn't really pay attention to it. And oh, I haven't been on social mind, media man. much. So I don't really have an opinion on that one. Are you drinking a fucking White Claw again? Yes. This motherfucker. What's your problem, man? What's wrong, what's wrong with me drinking White Claw? I, rem- I remember you pre-gaming drinking Crown Royal and 
Crown and Coke or you know, Apple My Crown daughter's Crown birthday Coke. party is today. I can't be shit faced drunk. You're gonna be white girl wasted drunk. That's even worse. It's one white claw. It's just something to wet my palate while I'm talking to you so my throat doesn't get dry. Most people use water for that, but hey, you, people, you. this is spiked sparkling water. Water, Marty. Water. Got it. Why don't you quit hating and get on the train? Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. <laughs> bitch. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you can quit white claw shaming me. I know that. Is that what the kids are saying now? You can quit white claw shaming me. Is that what it is? Okay, my bad. Marty, let's get into it. Smackdown, Friday night. Did you watch? Yes, I did. What'd you think? Um, I wasn't too excited. I mean, there really was nothing that really thrilled me about it. Like I said, I already talked about it once. The whole Daniel Bryan face turn. Um, and him being on Roman's side just irritates me because personally, he'll, he'll, personally the thing, I, because the fact that he's getting over again, um, it's just going to put him in a position where the fans are going to be on Daniel Bryan's side uh, and they're going to shut on Roman again. Um, so here's my thing. I'm a... Uh... Big time WWE guy. Give them all the benefit of the doubt in the world. And I'm tired of it. Like, there's always an excuse. There's always, well, Saudi Arabia shows coming up. They can't really get into this. Well, they got the superstar shakeup coming up. So they can't really do storylines because they're kind of in a holding pattern for that. Oh, they got the move to Fox coming up, so they're kind of in a holding pattern for that. Now they got the draft coming up, and they're in a holding pattern for that. Now we got Crown Jewel coming up. Like, I'm tired of the excuses. They have all the talent in the world, and the show sucks. Fox paid a billion dollars for a show that wasn't shit this past week. You have Brock Lesnar take the belt from Kofi in 10 seconds, and then he doesn't even show up on a show that's got declining ratings already. I'm to the point where WWE isn't even like, I know a lot of people have gotten there already, but I haven't because I enjoy it. A couple of my favorite wrestlers in the world wrestle for WWE, Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, Kofi, stuff like that. But I get to the point now where it's not even important for me to watch it anymore. Like I can just watch a portion of it and fast forward through the rest of it. And not feel like I've missed anything. But I'm basically tired of WWE getting the excuse of, well, we're in a holding pattern because of the draft, Saudi Arabia, blah, blah, blah. They always have an excuse. I'm sick of it. Fox paid a billion fucking dollars for that show to come on Friday night. That was the worst wrestling show I've seen in a long ass time. To the point where I was mad when the shit was over with because of how awful that show was. There was no direction. There was no anything. Nothing... Nothing made sense. You talk about Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. Like, wasn't Daniel Bryan just a part of a group to try to run him over with, like, a forklift and all that? And now because he apologized and... It just... No, because he wasn't part of that. Because but he was, because he slapped was... the shit out of him. And that they had the, the fake point, Luke though. Harper back there. Or Eric Rowan, whichever one. I don't even know which one of them motherfuckers are which anymore. Just, I'm... 
God, I'm just frustrated. To the point where I have to deal with all these anti-WWE clowns all the time. And I'm to the point now where I'm like, shit, maybe they're right. Maybe WWE is fucking out of touch and they don't know what the hell's going on. Because I don't, I, don't I don't even enjoy it anymore, really. There's portions I enjoy, but 90% of every show is like, like, I don't get paid to watch this shit, so why am I still suffering through it? I just told you how much I enjoy AEW and NXT and how it fucking flew by. And I don't even look forward to Raw and SmackDown anymore. I don't. And I'm just, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of, you know, everybody was, oh, Bruce Pritchard's over in charge of SmackDown now. Well, how'd that shit work out for you Friday? I'm just tired of it. That's yeah. that's that's it. That's the. No, that's I, the... I I completely get it. Like I don't I don't I'm at the point now where I don't even watch it night of. I watch it days later, um, just because by the time I get home and time to watch it, it's like, do I really want to waste three hours that lead to midnight and watch this? Actually, past midnight because I watch it, uh, even fast forwarding through commercials like that. By the time I get home, it's already going to be after midnight by the time I finish it. And so my point, you know, I, I've gone to the point where I've watched like an hour and a half and then I'll watch the, the last hour and a half a couple of days after that. The fact that SmackDown isn't the day after that benefits me for the fact I get to do that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's there the, hasn't been the quality writing it should be or can be to the point where it's making you feel like you're doing a job rather than enjoying it. Yeah, I'm just fed up with it um we will close the show and i will do for the first time show power rankings what that means i will tell you what order i thought the best shows of the week were this week Ooh, all right all right number five only top five this tells you how much wrestling i watch because i've watched like eight wrestling shows this week number five smackdown and it took everything in me not to put Impact Wrestling right there and just kick SmackDown off. But they get a little bit of bias. Number four, Monday Night Raw. So WWE's top two shows are bringing up the rear in the top five power ranking. The leader in sports entertainment worldwide. They're four and five. Number three, the NWA. NWA is so much fun. One, because I'm in the front row for the next two shows. And the past two shows, but it's you, it's you gotta fun. love that. Is that not fun? Like that's why I love the last two seasons of uh, Wow because I'm fucking in the the shots at all times, and it's fucking awesome. I love it. I try to um, give reaction. I try to give reactions, and well, I wasn't trying to. I was looking, and like. A lot of time I'm just sitting there. There's certain points where I'm like jumping up out of my seat. I'm like, sit your ass down somewhere. But it was fun, man. It was fun. So that's fun to see. Number two, NXT. Um, I didn't watch all of NXT, but what I did watch, I like. I really like the NXT's women's division is really good. And it's in. They've been dragging a storyline out about who's supposed to fight Shayna next for I don't know how long. Um, and then, of course, number one was AEW. AEW, I think, had the best show of the week. Out of all of them, it was the easiest to watch. It 
had the most crowd engagement, all that. So AEW, NXT, NWA, Raw, and SmackDown. Those are my five. What do you think? I do not disagree. Well, shit, I guess that's it then. <laughs> I mean, no, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a solid lineup. I, I, I agree 100%. I tend to find myself, like I said, fast-forwarding through NXT on, on certain matches just because it doesn't intrigue me. And AEW, I... I watched the whole show, like, uh, well, except for this week, there was that one, you know, a couple matches where I kind of just because of the, the tag team matches, um, just because I knew they were just kind of they weren't going to go nowhere for me, and you kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, <clears throat> and when you have so much wrestling, you kind of got to fast forward through some stuff. Uh, but for the most part, like, I am more inclined and excited to watch AEW than I am any of the other ones. Well, that is all the time we have today, folks. I am on my way to an eight-year-old birthday party before I watch some football today. Got to set all my fantasy lineups. Marty's on his way to work. Big Gonna week pick. of wrestling again this week. Um, actually, I shouldn't say big week. That's a lie. I don't even. I don't even think any previews have come out for anything. Basically, it's just a shitload of wrestling on. Uh, there's no pay-per-view next week. Crown Jewel, I think, is week after the Thursday after. I think. Yeah, and in full gears in November. Um, NWA sold out their pay-per-view for here in Atlanta, and then they have tickets available for the next two days worth of tapings after that in early December. So that's good that they sold out. There's only, you know, a couple hundred seats in that little studio, but, man, it, it, it's fun. Like, the studio thing was fun. The vibe was. Mm-hmm. So good for them. Um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Marty? No, I'm good, man. I mean, there's just regular wrestling this week. Um, got some football going on. Uh, the, the cool thing we're going to talk about next week, because next week I got tickets. I'm going to be at the Packer game, uh, watching them beat that Charger ass. Um, and other than that, it's, you know, go Pack, go. They're going to beat that Raiders. They're gonna, oh, dude, I can't fucking – I love the fact that they're going to play the Raiders and whip that ass. Like, I have so many family members and friends that are Raider fans. Fucking love it. Also, oh, you're the asshole in the family. Yeah, basically, it's just it's no different than when they when they beat the Cowboys, and I give it like that to all my friends' family. Also, that's all those- the time we have for Marty Vasquez. I'm Chris Rucker. This has been Boots to the Face, episode fifty-three. Peace. Later. You're an asshole.